I'm going to talk to you men today. In fact, I'm going to have a series where uh, I, I want to talk about the heart of a man, heart of a real man. And ladies, I think you'll enjoy this because some of it involves you. In fact, quite a bit of it involves you. Exodus 15.3 says, The Lord is a warrior. Yahweh is his name. Jehovah is the hero of the battle, and the object was to show that a man had no part in this victory, but God alone should receive all the glory. Matthew 10.34 says, Don't imagine that I came to be, bring peace onto the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. And this was Jesus talking. And you say, well, there's, there's some contradiction there. No, it's not a contradiction. Because he came to defeat sin. He came to defeat the, the system of the world. And with that, uh, it, it's a, a figurative sword. You know, men, God, God created within you a man's heart. He didn't give you the heart of a woman. He didn't give you the heart of a child. He gave you the heart of a man. And I think that we need to, to embrace that, guys, that, that that's who we are. That's our DNA. Ezekiel 22.30 says, I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I would not destroy it. But I found no one. We don't have gap standers anymore. Men we need in the church, we need in the community, we need in the homes, we need in the workplace. We need in the, in the place where we recreate. Men of God who will stand in the gap. And I want to, I wanna, I, I, this is a two-point message today, and the, the first point is that Every man has a cause for which he will die. Every man, and every man in here, has a cause or should have a cause for which he'll die. Nehemiah 4.14 said, When I saw their fear, I rose and spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people. Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. One of my favorite movies, and guys, I bet this is yours too. We need to have a, 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 a buddy of mine was over in Kansas City, was a, a children's pastor, and he used to have once a month, uh, they called it tea night, and it was a men's night, it was testosterone night. And they'd get together, and uh, one man had a, a home theater in his, in his basement, and these guys would get together, eat man food, make manly noises, sometimes manly smells, and watch guy movies. And one of the favorites of all time of my guy movie is Braveheart. And ladies, you like Braveheart too, don't you? Yeah, you remember he's standing in front of, his, in front of the troops and these, these Scots are, you know, pitchforks and swords and they're scared to death because the English are, are on the other side of the hill ready to destroy them. And, and one of the guys says, you know, we're not going to fight, we're going to run. And, and William Wallace says, fight and you may die, run and you'll live, at least a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, for just one chance to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives? but they'll never take our freedom. Every man, every one of us, 
has been created with the heart of a warrior. Every man has been given the desire to fight for a cause bigger than we are. And until you find a cause that you're willing to die for, guys, you're never really going to live. It's, it's, a, it's something that, that just lifts, lifts you as a man, that, that uh, I am the defender of my faith, I'm the defender of my God, I'm the defender of my family. And I'm training up my family that, that uh, these girl children of mine, uh, when I get old and weak, they're going to protect me. <laughs> and they're good at it. Do you have a cause, guys? Do you have a cause? John, I'm an old man. Well, guess what? I'm an old man too. But the cause hasn't left. The second thing is a man without a cause to fight for can fight the wrong things. A man without a cause to fight for can, fa- can fight the wrong things. You know, we, we men get real stupid here. We, we really do. Fighting against authority, fighting against the job, God, rebellion, we become rebellious, and we become self-destructive. Throw away a marriage. We damage children. And without the right cause, we're going to self-destruct. And I know that, that I've got friends that have done, as adults, a bunch of stupid things. But they've come to a place of saying, you know what? I understand the right thing to do. God has talked to me, and, and by His grace, I'm committed to doing the right thing right now for the rest of my life. God's the God of the second chance, isn't He? Acts 8, 2, but Paul was going everywhere to destroy the church. Look at Paul down the road. We, got, we have that 2020 hindsight. So, so we have Saul, who was ready to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. Saul had a cause. It was the wrong cause. When he got saved, he got knocked off the horse. He was blinded for three days. God put in him a renewed cause. Ladies, you you may react a little harshly here. Why? Well, chances are that you've been hurt by a man's strength gone bad. Happens. I I teased Crystal one time. And uh, just just tease. It wasn't wasn't a bad tease. And... uh, and she came back with me just as, as serious as a heart attack. I've been through that, and a man will never lay a never. I think this is a rough, rough translation. A man will never lay a hand on me again. You know, been treated poorly by a man. God's strength to us can be used for great good, or we can use it for great evil, guys. Without a God-given cause, we're going to fight against the wrong battle over and over and over again. So, men, I ask you right now, what is your cause? Do you have a cause? Is it your marriage? Is it your children? You may be a great warrior in business, but you're passive at home. This is where you need to be the fierce. Do you stand in the gap for your children, for financial freedom? Say, John, okay, fine, great. What's your cause? My cause is right there. My cause is, is my faith, my God, my friends, 
My cause is you guys. My church. That's my cause. And I'm willing to die for that. Well, how are we going to fight? A man fights two ways. He'll throw a punch. And, and ladies, if you stand, if you steal a man's right to fight at the right time for the right cause, you're going to emasculate him. He becomes passive and weak and he fails to lead. He's going to turn into something that God never intended. Let me tell you about a fight I had. I had a fight with a guy named Bob King. Bob was a great big rascal. Big, big rascal. I was in the seventh grade, and I've always been horizontally challenged. And Bob was, Bob was big for his age, tough guy. And Bob was picking on Jimmy. Jimmy was a little guy who was developmentally and mentally challenged. And he was always picking on this kid. And I'd had my fill of it. He pushed Jimmy into the, into the drinking fountain and chipped Jimmy's tooth. And I said, that's enough. I said, that's enough. <laughs> I'll see you after school. He laughed. He said, are you serious? I said, I'm serious as can be. And so we went out. I got, I got one hit in. I hit the ground. <laughs> and it went on and on and on. And I, I mean, he, he stomped me. I was, I was beaten to a bloody pulp. And finally, the high school guys that were, that were standing around watching this debacle pulled King off me. He said, don't lay another hand on him. And the cool thing about it is nobody messed with Jimmy after that. Now, keep in mind, I did not win the fight. <laughs> I, did, I mean, I lost it seven ways from Sunday. But I had a cause. I was willing to give everything I had. And I'm not telling you to go out and do something stupid, men. I'm not telling you to start a fight. I'm telling you there's a time when it's okay to fight the right battle. Moms, if you're a single mom, it's okay to fight the right battle. We're to defend our home and defend our, our spouse. We're to defend our children. And if you're like me, men, you threaten our family, our loved ones. And there's going to be consequences. Maybe it's time to stand up and say, you know, this job isn't right for me or for my family. I find myself compromising the values I hold dear. This job's not right for our family spiritually. Throw the punch. It's God-honoring. There's another way to fight, and that's turn the other cheek. That's hard for men to do. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew 39, 5, 39 through 42, he says, but I say, do not, he's, he's, he's been praying, the disciples have been falling asleep, uh, he just, these guys just disappointing him, and, and uh, it came time for, for uh, Judas came in and, and betrayed him by kissing him on the cheek, and, and uh, uh, Jesus loved Judas. But he said, I say this, do not resist. And, then, and, and uh, uh, he, Peter got ticked, 
and, and cut off a high priest's uh, servant's ear, Malchus's ear. Cut that ear off. And, and Jesus, you know, sheathed that sword and he healed the, he healed the uh, slave's ear. And he says, but I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you're sued in court, and, and this was early on in his ministry. This was not in the, in the garden. It, it's, it's, I misspoke. Uh, it was, it was uh, uh, I think these guys were, were thinking back to what Jesus had said. He says, if you're sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat also. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it too. Give to those who ask, don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Turn that other cheek. Sometimes Jesus was ready to throw the punch. Um, he, he, wasn't a, he wasn't a sissy. You remember the story of the money lenders in the temple. It was sacrifice time. And so these guys came in and they were said, you know, you come, you don't, you, you, you forget. Like, I, I left for church this morning, got here, and, and I, forgot my, I forgot my tablet. And, and uh, uh, it, it's, I got to have it. I, it's kind of, my brain is tied to this thing. And, and uh, like the, the people that went to sacrifice, they didn't have the ability to transport animals for the sacrifice. So these guys would sell at a, at a, at a very, very high price uh, animals for the sacrifice. And they said, well, we come from this place. You want, you want temple, temple money. We don't have that. We've got this kind of money. So for a fee... They'd change money. And they were making deals and, they, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a house of trade in the temple. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration, so Jesus went to Jerusalem. In the temple area, he saw merchants selling cattle, sheep, and doves for sacrifices. He also saw dealers at tables exchanging foreign money. Jesus made a whip from some ropes and chased them all out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and cattle, scattered the money changers' coins over the floor. I think that would be a funny sight to see. These money grubbers, here goes the, a shekel here, a shekel there. And I mean, it's, money is just rolling on the floor. And, and these guys are on hands and knees trying to get their money. And some of them probably trying to get the other guy's money. But he turned over their table. Then he going over to the people who sold the doves. He told them, get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. Isn't it wonderful how Jesus had... Even for these, these decrepit, despicable men, he even had a heart for them. Because the things that he turned over, they could get their money back, they could get the cows and the sheep back. But if he let the doves loose, he couldn't get them back. The doves would fly away. And he didn't want to cause a problem in terms of, of these guys uh, being able to get their... their uh, animals back in their possession. Well, so do we have a weapon today? Um, yeah. And, and our weapon today isn't a sword, isn't a, isn't a gun, it isn't our fists, but it's love. Jesus fought the fierce battle with love as he was whipped beaten, that crown of thorns put on his head. I mean, beaten to the place where his own mother wouldn't be able to recognize him. But he did it, conquered death, conquered sin with love.
Guys, you've been created by God for God and for His glory, and you men have within you a warrior's heart. Some of you have significant battles to fight. I don't know what they are. They could be anything. It could be financial. It could be, it could be anything. Maybe it's looking for a job. Maybe it's not having a job. Maybe, maybe it's, it's facing uh, a family issue. But you have significant battles to fight. But to know this, that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the Holy Spirit that will fight the battles for you, that will give you the victory. You know, we've all heard uh, the, the adage, choose your, choose your battles wisely. And, and is this a hill that you're willing to die on? And, and so how do you choose? I realize that some of this has to do with raising your children. You know, is, is there... And I, I'm guilty of this, so I, and I'm, I'm looking back at, at things that I did as a dad that caused problems as, with, my, with my kids. You know, is, is there hairstyle or clothing style or uh, pierced body parts? <laughs> Is that really a big deal? The stands we sometimes take have never been explained or taught in the home, and when these edicts, edicts from on high come down to the kids, they, they, could, they could rebel. And we get upset because we fear what others may think regarding our parenting. You know, we're, you, your, your purple hair is embarrassing me. Why? Why? I say that's one creative kid. <laughs> Kids are going to do stupid stuff regardless of how they've been raised. Because it's a thing called choice. They're going to choose to do it. Well, mom and dad said don't, so it must be fun. So I'm going to do it. And they get into all kinds of problems. And, and, and grounding them for life because they got their belly button pierced is kind of overkill, I think. Trust me, if you're dealing with that, with grandkids too, it ain't going to send them to hell. It, it, it won't. Parents and, and, and dad, the hair's going to grow out. Uh, the color can change. Uh, the, the hardware can be lost and the hole will close. And that, that tattoo on your son's back that says, Death before dishonor and goes from his neck down to, the, to his waist. Um, it isn't going to change that kid. It isn't going to change him at all. These are battles that are worth fighting in my opinion. I think we protect the safety of our family at all costs. We provide an atmosphere of, Christ, of, a, of a Christ-centered home. That's a battle to fight for. We're consistent in our discipline. And as a husband and a wife, as parents, we are going to be in the same, on the same page in disciplining our kids. I think a battle worth fighting for is to be careful not to major on minor issues. We need to protect the moral fabric of our children our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. 
from their friends, the, the activities, when they start dating. Uh, I, I, as a grandfather, um, am semi-involved in the dating lives of my granddaughters. Some of them don't mind it. Most of them don't mind it. No, they don't mind it. Uh, too bad if they do, I guess. Uh, I want to protect the moral fabric. We need to protect the honor and dignity of our wife. Don't ever be afraid to laugh at yourself. And never, ever fear of asking for forgiveness when you're wrong. From your children. From your grandchildren. Mom, it's critical that you never undermine your husband's authority or disrespect him before those children. Take him into the bedroom and let him have it. Work him over there or down in the basement or outside. Remember, God's will, God will never hold you responsible for the decisions that you make or the decisions that he makes. You're not going to be held responsible for that. You're, men, you're God's man with the heart of God beating in you, and you've been created to make a difference in your family, in your marriage, and in the church. Deuteronomy 23-4 says, He will say to them, Listen to me, all you men of Israel. Do not be afraid as you go out to fight your enemies today. Do not lose heart or panic or tremble before them. For the Lord your God is going with you. He will fight for you against your enemies. He will give you the victory. You're not doing it on your own. It's God. So as we wrap this up, what are you getting out of it? Have you named the cause, men, that you're willing to fight for? Ladies, do you help your husband as he's fighting that cause? How are you going to win the battle before you? You going to throw a punch? You going to turn the other cheek? Let's pray. Lord, I, I praise you for being a God who has given men a manly heart, a warrior's heart, a heart to defend, a heart to be passionate for his family, a heart to be passionate for his faith, for his church. Lord, may we as men stand as the heroes in our family. As we are, we are men of faith, men of love, men of God who will stand in the gap for our family and for our church, for our friends. Lord, keep reminding us of that. Help, us, help the ladies. I, I, I pray for them. I pray for the wives of these men that they will always be supportive of their men even in the distasteful places where they've got to fight. Help them be an encouragement. If you're here today, my friend, and, and you are struggling, you're battling life, maybe it's because you've never tapped into the source of victory, and that's Jesus Christ. I'd like to offer you the opportunity to do that very thing today. If you're here and you don't know Christ as your Savior, 
May this be the day that you come and say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I ask you to save me from that sin. Come into my life and save me from that sin. And I believe when you died on the cross, you died in my place that I could live forever with you in eternity. And I ask that in your son's precious name. Amen. We're going to have a baptism. Uh, Jelani Frost is going to be baptized. And Leroy uh, Homan is going to... Get on back there, boy. We don't do dry baptisms here. And uh, Leroy is going to get baptized. These, these young people have uh, understood that uh, Christ died for their sins. And as a profession of their faith, they're publicly going to display that by getting baptized today. So you can turn around in your chair, and uh, we'll be getting started uh, just really, really quick.